continuing with the Beit HaMikdash, the temple he built, he made a sea, now not literally a sea, but a large water container which was cast. Its diameter was 10 cubits from brim to brim, circular, and its height was five cubits. A 30 cubit measuring line would wrap around it. The rabbis tried to explain the mathematics of that because the circumference would not be 30 cubits if the diameter was 10 cubits, but rather it would be 31 cubits plus. So some people say it's about the inside perimeter rather than the outside perimeter. Other people say it wasn't round, but hexagonal. The point is that even something small like this, the rabbis come and say, one second, how could it be exactly 30? Um, there were decorative bulbs around its brim, 10 to a cubit circling around it, surrounding the sea. All around the bulbs were in two rows cast with its casting. The sea stood upon 12 oxen, which were made of copper, three facing north, three facing west, three facing south, three facing east. The sea was upon them from above, and all their hind parts were inward. In the picture we sent a few days ago, you see this in the right corner. The sea's thickness was a handbreadth, and its rim was flattened and was like the form of a brim of a life blossom cup. It would hold 2,000 bet, a measurement of volume for liquids, about 22 to 24 liquids, uh, liters, equivalent to an ephah. Um, so that's 2,000 of that. The molding of such a large vessel from one piece of copper is difficult and complex activity, which needed an incredible expert. He made the trolleys used to import the lavers, 10 of bronze. Four cubits was the length of each trolley and four cubits its width and three cubits its height. So this was a mission and a half. This was the form of the trolley. They had panels. There were panels placed between the crossbars, etc. On the panels that were between the crossbars were ornate images of lions, cattle, cherubs. Upon the crossbars from above, there was a stand, which was to serve as a base for the laver. And beneath the lions and the cattle were decorations of hammered metal. There were four bronze wheels for each trolley and bronze axles. These trolleys could be transported from one location to the next. Now, it's four corners. The corners of the stand had supports. The supports were cast in their shape beneath the laver with ornamental decorations alongside each. The laver's opening was one cubit above the rim, the opening of which was round like the shape of a stand, etc., etc., etc. The four wheels were beneath the panels. The axles of the wheels were fit in the trolley. Everything was very specific. The forms of the wheels were like the form of a chariot wheel. Their axles, their hubs, their rims, and their spokes all were cast in one form. There were four support supports protruding at the four corners of each trolley. Its supports were fashioned from the trolley itself. On the top of the trolley, there was a covering. It was round with a height of half a cubit around. And on the top of the trolley were its handles. And its panels were of itself a single piece. He engraved cherubs, lions, and palm trees on the tablets, its rods, and on its panels like a man embracing his companion around. The sages explained that it, he sculpted a round image that looked like a man and woman locked in an embrace. He made 10 trolleys like this, one casting, one measure, and one form for all of them. He made 10 bronze lavers to rinse um, 
the sacrifices slaughtered in the temple. Water was drawn from the sea, that big pool, into the lavers that stood upon the bases. Each laver with a capacity of 40 bat. Each laver was 40 cubit, four cubits wide. One laver was placed on each trolley of the 10 trolleys. He put the trolleys five on the right side of the house, five on the left side of the, on the left side of the house, and he put the sea on the right side of the house on the east towards the south. Hiram made the containers for the ashes removed from the altar. This is a new item, the shovels, the bowls, and Hiram completed all the labor. This is Hiram the artisan that he performed for King Shlomo in the house of Hashem. The verses detail the completed items, two pillars, two orbs of the capitals, were atop the pillar, the two screens to cover the two orbs of the capitals that were atop the pillars, the pomegranates, 400 for the two screens, two rows of pomegranates for each screen to cover the orbs of the capitals that were atop the pillars, the 10 trolleys and the 10 lavers, the sea and the 12 oxen that were placed beneath the sea, the pots, the shovels, the bowls, all these vessels that Hira made for King Shlomo in the house of the Lord were of burnished bronze. You see, the majority of the temple vessels were fashioned similar to the ones in the Mishkan, so there was no need for new architectural drawings. However, the pillars, the sea, and other structures whose construction was complex did not exist in the Mishkan. Therefore, you needed Hiram's expertise. Um, and here's just a technical note. The king cast them on the Jordan plain in the excavation in the ground between Sukkot and Tsartan. In other words, the casting of relatively small amounts of bronze could be performed at large factories, but the, ca but the casting of larger amounts, as was the case here, required special conditions. To this day, metal is cast in molds that are placed in moist earth, Robert Steinsaltz teaches us. Therefore, Shlomo prepared his castings in clay ground and chose to do it in the plain of the Jordan, as only there was the ground sufficiently moist for casting such complex molds. Shlomo left all the vessels due to the excessively great abundance of the weight, and so the weight of the bronze was not investigated. In other words, so much bronze was used for all the vessels that they did not even try to measure the weight. Shlomo made all the vessels that were in the house of Hashem, the golden altar, the golden table upon which was the showbread, as written in the Torah, the menorah, which he placed five on the right side and five on the left before the entrance, all made of solid gold. The flowers of the candelabrum, the lamps, the tongues were also made of gold. In other words, in addition to the major menorah fashioned by Moshe, which was in the center, Shlomo placed 10 more on both sides. The jugs, the musical instruments, the bowls, the ladles, the plans, the pans, all were made of solid gold on the hinge sockets, um, both for the doors of the inner house, the Holy of Holies, and for the doors of the house, the sanctuary. They were all made of gold. All the labor that Shlomo, King Shlomo performed in the house of Hashem was completed. Shlomo brought all the sacred items of David, his father, the silver, the gold, and the vessels they did not use and placed them in the treasuries of the house of the Lord. Once in a while, they would be used throughout history. And that completes the construction. And in the next chapter, we move on to the inauguration, an incredible celebration of the inauguration of the first Beit